welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. Did you notice all the crypto ads this past Sunday during the Super Bowl? We had Coinbase, FTX, eToro, and Crypto.com all buying out Super Bowl commercials with prices as much as $7 million for 30 seconds of ad time. All these crypto ads had people reminiscing about the Super Bowl during the 2000.com bubble, where all these web companies spent tons of money to advertise during the Super Bowl, with many of them going defunct by the following year. Is that what's in store for these crypto companies? Is it actually something a bit more nefarious and worse? We'll be jumping into all that on this week's edition of Scam Economy. But first, let me tell you all how you can support this show. If you've been tuning in, we are now on episode four. I've received great feedback. We've received tons of great reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, by the way, where you can download and stream this show. You could also check out other links where you can support this show or find this show to listen to at scameconomy.com. And if you'd like to financially support this show, make line go up, you can go to patreon.com slash mattbinder, and that's how you could sign up for a monthly subscription I ask for as low as $5. You can give a little bit less. You can give a little bit more. It's totally up to you. Also, follow the show at youtube.com slash mattbinder. And if you can leave a review at those platforms, that would be great. On Apple Podcasts, you could leave a star review and or a written review. On Spotify, I think you just got to listen to at least an episode or part of an episode at the very least. Uh, And then you can click the star review button to give it a rating. It's that simple. It'll help this show tremendously. And without any further ado, let's jump into the Crypto Bowl. Now, if you haven't watched the Super Bowl ads yet, don't worry. We'll go through them and we'll discuss them and we'll talk about really what What's going on in each and why the company that put those out decided to go that route? And if it was wrong or, you know, what they were selling or if they got what they wanted, well, we'll go through all that. But first, I wanted to talk about why all these crypto companies, uh, really exchanges, that's mainly who we're looking at here, uh, places where you can trade cryptocurrency. We're going to look into why they were all so into this Super Bowl. Now, Crypto's had a big year for anything Web3, cryptocurrency, uh, NFTs, uh, the idea that everything will be run by the blockchain. But even with that being a big year for crypto, most people just don't know what it is still. We now know that 112 million people tuned into the Super Bowl this year. That's a lot of people. And if you're a company selling some sort of product or service, like maybe potato chips or a streaming movie company, that's a great opportunity to get your product or service in front of many eyes and make some sales. But as I've mentioned time and time again on this show, crypto is not a product or service. It's a highly volatile speculative asset. And quite frankly, a Ponzi. Because this is how it works. In order for people who hold Bitcoin, for example, to make money, they need to sell their Bitcoin onto somebody else. And for them to make a profit, they have to sell it to that person for more money than what they paid for it. And this continues down the line. Now, at some point, someone holding the bag is not going to be able to find a buyer who wants to spend more for those Bitcoin. On top of that, a lot of Bitcoin is propped up by the stablecoin Tether. Now, Tether is supposed to be pegged to the US dollar, one for one. One Tether is backed by one dollar that the company who prints up Tether has in the bank. 
supposedly. But we know this is not true. Tethers get printed up without US dollars backing it up in the bank. And then those tethers are used to buy up Bitcoin, which means when you hear about Bitcoin's market cap, there's actually not physical US dollars there, which means when someone wants to sell, eventually there'll be no dollars to cash out. So you have an audience of 112 million watching the Super Bowl. A lot of them normies who aren't your typical crypto investor probably doesn't even know what crypto is. So you have a brand new audience of people to unload your crypto on so you can make a profit. Cryptocurrency requires new people to come in and invest because without those new people who probably will end up being the bag holders at the end of all this, they can't cash out and make their crypto riches. Okay, okay, I know what you're probably saying, Matt. You're being a little bit too hard on these companies. They're just businesses running ads during the Super Bowl like, you know, Frito-Lay chips or Pepsi. Okay, right, sure. Let's look at it from the most good faith perspective here possible and take a look at what they're doing to sell these people who have no idea what crypto is, most likely have no idea what crypto is, I should say. Now, you have 30 seconds, Super Bowl Sunday, 112 million people watching. It's a lot to fit in, sure. But do these ads tell you really anything about crypto? Why you should invest in Bitcoin? Why you should trust that the blockchain is the future? Why the technology running this stuff should be omnipresent over everything we do? No, of course not. Almost every one of these ads, barring one, and we'll get to that one in just a second, they all sold you on FOMO, aka the fear of missing out. They wanted you to think that if you don't jump into this and just check out what we're doing here, you might stand to lose your big moment to get rich quick. You'll be left behind while everybody else in the crypto space is making tons of money. And now, you don't want that, right? Now, we'll get into all these ads, but l let's start with the one exception that I brought up here. And that's the Coinbase ad. Now, Coinbase's ad uh, clearly got a lot of attention. And, you know, so many people tried to scan that QR code that was bouncing around the screen like those old DVD screensavers that Coinbase's app almost immediately went down due to the server load. Uh, I personally logged in the second I saw the ad to Coinbase to try to see what was going on with that link that was sending you basically to a contest to win like a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. And the Coinbase app opened up and it said, we're having connection issues. We're looking into it right now. Please quit the app and try again. Your funds are safe, which is always great where you need to be reassured that your funds are safe. But anyway, according to Coinbase, about 20 million people tried to access the Coinbase app at the same time, uh, immediately following the airing of that Super Bowl ad. And that's a lot of people. So clearly, uh, seems like it was a big success. You got lots of eyeballs and people actually went ahead and if they didn't scan the QR code, I guess they, you know, they had to follow it on the TV screen. Maybe they went online and found someone with a screenshot of the QR code or maybe they went ahead and uh, just found a link to the website that the QR code forwarded people to. I mean, it must be a big win for Coinbase and I mean, especially cryptocurrency. All these people, 20 million people logging in trying to find out more. Well, I mean, there, there's a few things we should mention here. In fact, crypto advocates were pointing out that Coinbase actually peaked in the iOS app store for, for days at number two in the top free app charts. 
Now, there's a number of things going on here that we should mention, a lot of addendums. Uh, number one should be mentioned that uh, Coinbase was offering $15 in Bitcoin for free to everyone who signed up for a new account at that link from the Super Bowl ad. I mean, who doesn't like free money, right? People who sign up for Coinbase to get their free $15 from the Super Bowl promo aren't necessarily going to get involved with crypto trading. Some might get in and get out, cash in, free 15 bucks, cash in now. Who needs to see that go down, maybe? And maybe that free 15 will only be $10 or $12 or $5. Who knows? I'm not sticking around. I don't get any of this shit because no one's explained it to me. I mean, it really wouldn't be shocking to find this out. Coinbase spent a lot of money on this ad, and they're probably going to end up spending even more to give out all those free credits in Bitcoin. Now, the question is, will this end up being an endeavor that puts them uh, on top? Now, that could how, now how they measure that, we, we don't quite know. I mean, a lot of Super Bowl ads uh, do look at it as a, a lot of companies that advertise during the Super Bowl do look at it from a perspective of brand awareness. They want to get their eyeballs in front of users. They want to get their product or service or platform or whatever they're pushing in front of as many eyeballs as possible so their brand becomes more of a household type name. So maybe Coinbase is willing to take a hit in exchange for that brand awareness, and which, which could be possible. But if that's the case, it might not end up being as successful as they hoped. Uh, according to... Reach3 Insights, which is a company that tracks consumer sentiment, less than half, 47%, less than half of Super Bowl viewers recalled seeing a crypto ad. Now, of that 47%, uh, I guess it looks a little bit better for Coinbase than the others because of that 47%, 30% recalled seeing the Coinbase ad. Less people recalled seeing the Crypto.com ad, even less people. Only 12% remember seeing the FTX ad, which was is weird because a lot of people were talking about that ad on social media. That's the one with Larry David. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Now, of those people who recalled the ads, 34% said they would be interested in learning more about crypto. And only 12% say that seeing a crypto ad during the big game makes it feel a lot more mainstream. Okay, Matt, so you broke down the Coinbase going down and 20 million uh, hits all coming in at once, which I should mention, by the way, uh, who knows how many people were turned off from even trying it out after that. They went to go to the app. It was down. They couldn't get it to work. Uh, wipe their hands. I give up. You explained how Coinbase's ad and really all the crypto ads didn't really stick in the minds of the majority of people who were watching the Super Bowl. But what about that app store chart position. That's got to be a win, right? Well, here's the deal. We don't know about that either. You see all these people pumping this up, that Coinbase hit number two on the app store charts. This is a big win. Tons of people downloading the app, getting into crypto trading. But that's just not the case. Things aren't quite that simple. See, we don't quite know exactly what Apple's app store ranking algorithm is. There are a lot of reasons to believe that it's not just based on pure download numbers. It certainly is a part of it, but pure App Store downloads are definitely not all that make up the App Store chart ranking position. And we know this because if a app much lower on the charts all of a sudden gets a 
stream of new downloads, we see that app shoot up in the rankings. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they've gotten more app downloads than apps from like Facebook, like Instagram, or Google, or any of the big tech companies. But the velocity of these new app downloads coming into this specific app comparatively to how it usually does clearly sort of influences the algorithm to push this app up the charts. It sees a bunch of these new downloads coming in. Well, up the charts you go. And I personally could attest to this because that's how the Apple podcast charts work. Now, obviously, you need a good number of downloads to make it on a significant spot at the top of the charts. But still, if you're a new podcast and you come in and get a bunch of new downloads at once and a bunch of reviews coming in, and we know that reviews affect the rankings too, whatever Apple's algorithm is, it says, hey, this is, you know, this is, uh, this podcast never received this much before. It's getting a stream of new downloads up the charts it goes. Now, Matt, of course, you said that the downloads play a part in it too. That's correct. But I think people are under the impression that the number of downloads needed to hit number one on the Apple top apps chart is a lot higher than it actually is. In fact, we have data behind this. Now, it's a few years old. I believe this is from 2019. But according to Sensor Tower, which is a firm that tracks App Store analytics, the number of downloads needed for an app to hit number one on the App Store top charts for the non-gaming apps is only about 94,000 downloads. Now, sure, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm sure there was a lot of competition in the App Store. Peacock was the top app in the App Store. It was the one that Coinbase couldn't get ahead of. Everyone was downloading Peacock, probably spending that $5 a month fee. Only needed to spend that, that one month just to watch the Super Bowl without a cable subscription. Totally makes sense. But, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the 20 million that's being floated out there as the number of people who all went to the Coinbase app to try to access it at once. In fact, according to another firm that tracks App Store analytics, Aptopia, all of the crypto trading platforms that advertised during the Super Bowl all recorded lower app downloads in the week leading up to that Sunday game, which means that Apple algorithm I just explained to you could have seen that there was a surge of new downloads comparatively to the week before where all these apps like Coinbase's app were at months-long lows in terms of its rankings in the charts. And that could have helped its position after the Super Bowl ads ran. Now, I'm not going to be all negative here. It's obviously a big deal that Coinbase's app hit number two if you're in the company. And they probably did see a number of new users. Again, we have to wonder how many of them are actually going to trade on the platform or how many of them are just going to yoink those $15 right out of it. But we also have to put it into perspective and context. In fact, hitting the top of the App Store charts after the Super Bowl wasn't even the first time Coinbase hit number two in the App Store charts. In fact, there are at least three different days I could find over the past couple of years where Coinbase actually hit number one. So this wasn't even a record for Coinbase. But all that aside, my number one problem with the Coinbase ad was how stupid it was from a security perspective. Now you're probably thinking, well, what what are you talking about, Matt? This ad was genius. It got tons of attention. You just told me it was the most memorable of all the other crypto ads. It was so simple, just 30 seconds of a QR code changing colors and hitting the edges of a screen. It was genius. 
Well, I mean, creatively, sure, you can say it was genius. Again, I would say that it explained nothing at all about what Coinbase is and what it does. Just go get your free 15 bucks and sign up for a contest where you could win a million. But I digress. But from a security perspective, we're dealing with an industry that is rife with scams. Scams all over the place. You have people getting their wallets hacked in Discord channels every day with hundreds of thousands of dollars being yanked out. You have actual platforms where people are sending and receiving crypto where a tiny little bug is found and then poof, hundreds of millions of dollars just gone. You could just go on Twitter and tweet Coinbase, I'm having trouble accessing my wallet. And you'll receive a slew of bots trying to get you to log in to really what is a phishing website trying to steal your information so they can go ahead and steal whatever crypto assets you have. What does this have to do with QR codes? Well, let me tell you, because I actually just reported on this recently myself. Now, since the pandemic, you've probably noticed QR codes being used more and more frequently. They're those little square barcodes where you scan your phone with your phone's camera, and then it pop a link pops up, and you just click on that link, and then voila, you just access a website from that scan. Restaurants particularly found it very handy, because instead of dirty, disgusting menus where, you know, if it's not laminated and you can wash it off, who knows the germs and shit living on those paper menus? You just scan a QR code and then the menu pops up on your phone. Pretty simple. Well, here's the problem though with QR codes. Look at two QR codes side by side. You probably can't tell your QR ass from your QR elbow. Scammers have weaponized QR codes in some amazing ways. For example, there's been instances where a scammer has printed out a QR code and pasted it over a legit advertisement's QR code. And so when people go to scan that ad's QR code, They go to whatever website the scammer's QR code forwards them to. There is a particularly interesting campaign that was discovered in Texas where basically people were parking in like municipal public parking spots and going over to the machine to pay, seeing a QR code where it says, hey, pay via your phone, just scan the QR code here. And so users would scan the QR code and get sent to a website where they could pay for their parking and seemed pretty simple, right? Well, one problem, the cities where these QR codes were found weren't using a payment system where you could pay via QR code. That's right, scammers decided to just print up QR codes of their own, paste them on the money meters, and print up an ad that just said, hey, pay here instead, quicker and easier. So a user would go ahead and scan it with their phone, and they would either end up paying a scammer or logging into a system where they just gave a scammer all their payment information. On top of that, they left themselves susceptible to parking tickets because they never actually paid the parking meter. Now, it's not too hard to imagine something similar happening in the instance of, say, uh, a multi-million dollar Super Bowl ad that just simply displayed a QR code going around the screen. Now, especially knowing that most people who tried to access Coinbase's website when the ad was actually on their TV screen weren't able to access it then. How many of those people ended up finding screenshots of a QR code or just an upload of the advertisement on Twitter or Facebook or somewhere else? One reason why it's especially not hard for me to imagine that scenario is uh, because I did it myself. That's right. The other day, I put together 
a exact replica of the Coinbase QR code ad, except I swapped out their QR code with a QR code I set up. Now I'm not a bad guy. I'm not looking to scam anyone. So I basically just set up a QR code forwarding people to the website for this very show, Scam Economy at ScamEconomy.com. I created the video, uploaded it to my Twitter, and I just sat back and wanted to see the response. And I could tell you one of two very interesting things happened. People replied to my tweet, sort of confused, wondering why I was uploading the Coinbase ad, not realizing that it was not the Coinbase ad. It was my spoofed version of the Coinbase ad. Not good. The second thing I noticed was that people were actually using their phones to scan my QR code in my spoofed Coinbase ad. I only tweeted it out once and dozens and dozens of people scanned my QR code without any idea where it was going. Luckily, it just took them to the Scam Economy website. But what if I was a dick? I could have sent those very people straight to a website that looked exactly like Coinbase's website. I could have set it up so I could have even said, sign up right here, give all your information, and you'll get your 15 bucks right away. And guess what? I would have got all that person's information. They wouldn't have got their 15 bucks. They wouldn't have got their Coinbase account. And I would have walked away with whatever information they provided me. Now, again, we've seen this happen to people holding just NFT assets. We've seen this happen to platforms with tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. What about platforms that have money to spend on a Super Bowl ad? You're telling me that Coinbase wasn't a prime target? You're telling me that Coinbase wouldn't have been a prime target for something like this? It's actually a little bit shocking to me that we haven't heard about it yet. Just so out of touch for no one at Coinbase to have looked at the creative idea for that ad and to have said, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't such a good idea. I mean, again, people who are getting scammed in the crypto world are people who ostensibly get crypto to some extent, right? And they're still getting scammed. So why are we teaching people who we're trying to reach, again, that 112 million people watching the Super Bowl, who we're assuming are not cryptocurrency people, why are we starting them off with these bad habits, with this idea of, hey, QR code, let me scan it. I got no idea what's going on here. When the best practice should be, you should treat a QR code exactly how you treat an email you receive purportedly from your, I don't know, credit card company or bank telling you, hey, just click here and log in. We got a we had a security breach and we need you to just like, you know, reactivate your account or something like that. We teach people not to do that and people still do it why are we not warning people about scanning just any qr code they come across so anyway that's the coinbase ad the most successful of the crypto ads but still extremely flawed and i will give coinbase somewhat of a props in some aspect because out of all the super bowl crypto ads they were the one who didn't sell the aspect of, hey, you got to get in now or you'll miss out. The rest decided to go the multi-level marketing scheme route. Now, really, at this point, most people should be online enough throughout their life to know if someone's promising you quick money and on top of that, they're being really pushy about it, you should have alarms going off going, why? Why do you care if I make money? If you've discovered this method of making money that's so good, the secret way to getting rich quick, why is it so important for you to share that with me? 
Why wouldn't you just do what you're doing tenfold, keep it secretive to yourself so you could make even more money? I mean, if this was anything else, like if this was some internet email marketing scheme someone was trying to push you on, or some vitamin supplement company, or LuLaRoe, you'd say, oh, I, I get this. I get what's going on here. I see what's going on. You need me to buy in so you can make money, and that's why you're pushing this whole idea to me that I can get really rich really quick if I just hurry up right now and jump in. I mean, honestly, if you're selling such a great deal, you wouldn't need to be so pushy. So let's go straight to the ad I mentioned earlier, the one that social media blew up about, and that's the one with Larry David. Now, I got to say, that's really disappointing, right, to see Larry David in an ad like that? I mean, the celebrities we've seen hawking crypto, we got, you know, Kim Kardashian, we got... We got Reese Witherspoon, we got Paris Hilton, we got Jimmy Fallon, we got a bunch of athletes. A lot of it not so surprising. But Larry David? Come on, man. Larry, you got Seinfeld money. You don't need the money. But anyway, if you haven't seen the ad, it basically features Larry David as a person living during different times throughout history where some world-changing, life-changing invention was created. For example, Larry David knocking the invention of the wheel. Larry David poo-pooing on the invention of the toilet bowl. Larry David telling Edison that the light bulb ain't going anywhere. And all of this to promote the crypto trading platform FTX. And the ad ends on, uh, you know, funny enough, don't miss out on crypto. Don't miss out on NFTs. Don't miss out on the next big thing. I mean, again, they're pushing FOMO on you. Don't miss out. You're going to regret it. You better get in now. You better get in. It's, it's going to be too late if you wait any longer or if you don't get in at all. Everyone else that you know who's getting into this, they're going to be rich and you're going to be left being poor. Matt, 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 you're probably saying this is just an ad. Come on. This is advertising, marketing 101. This is no big deal. You could picture Larry David advertising beef jerky. Come on. It's no big deal. Listen, I can see how people outside of the crypto world think that. It's just a funny ad. Come on. Slim Jim wouldn't actually believe they're on the same scale as the invention of the wheel. I mean, of course, Slim Jim doesn't believe that. But if you listen to anyone in the crypto space, they actually do believe this about cryptocurrency, NFTs, and everything in the Web3 space. Like, this ad was funny because Larry David is in it, but FTX really does think this. They think this is the future. They think and they want cryptocurrency to change the financial system completely. Wipe out the current system. Wipe out the current system and replace it with this one, which, listen, doesn't mean the current system's great. It's not at all. It could use an upending. But we also shouldn't be saying that this other shit, crypto, is any better because actually it's not. In fact, in many instances, it's worse. The fees, the scams, the fraud, the security, the speed of which transactions could go by, the number of transactions the system could even handle. It's just in no way better than what we've got. And if what we've got sucks, we should be working towards something that fixes it all, not makes it even more terrible. And then you got the same thing with the new Crypto.com ad. I mean, you've probably seen the Matt Damon ad. It's been airing nonstop. It's so ridiculous. Fortune favors the brave. They did the same one with LeBron James in an ad where he basically sees 
himself as a young teen in 2003, and they're talking about what's in the future. And again, Crypto.com is selling fortune favors the brave. Take a chance if you're brave and get into this new industry, cryptocurrency. You might not know anything about it, but just jump in. Be brave because that's what being brave is all about, right? I mean, you can say that, I guess, about you know starting a company and getting a product or a service out there. You're taking a chance and putting your money into this, but no one would recommend you jump into the stock market like that. And again, bringing up the FTX ad and what they were pushing, don't miss out. We see this in crypto circles all the time. They push this idea to anyone. You criticize any of this online and you will get crypto advocates jumping in at you saying, not going to make it, NGMI. That's their little slang for basically saying, you're not seeing the future. You're going to miss out. You're going to get left behind. You're not going to be successful. Another common slogan from the crypto advocate, have fun being poor, have fun staying poor. Again, if this idea around crypto is that it is the great equalizer, all the people who are left out of the current financial system will be able to finally make it and be on equal footing thanks to crypto, then how are its biggest advocates pushing slogans like not going to make it and have fun staying poor? Why do they think those people who are left out of the financial system are left out of the financial system? Do they think those people are early adopters? Do they think those people have money to spare to invest in a highly volatile speculative asset? Like in so many ways, these guys are their own worst enemy. I mean, I I literally just can't imagine that in any other industry. And then that takes us to the eToro ad, which isn't technically a full-blown crypto ad because eToro is also a stock market trading platform, but they mention crypto a lot in it. And the ad features a favorite saying of the crypto bros, and to be fair, the meme stock folks as well, to the moon. Of course, the idea that your investment in Bitcoin or GameStop stock or AMC stock or Ethereum, or Bored Apes, or CryptoPunks, or whatever Web3 thing you're getting yourself into, is going to just rocket to the moon, and you better get in now before it gets there. Hop on that rocket before it's too late. They want to push and push and push you to this stuff. And again, the glaring admission in all these ads is, what the fuck is cryptocurrency? Why should I... NFL watcher who is not very online and not a crypto bro, doesn't have any idea what this shit is, why should I get into it? And the fact of the matter is, and you can say they just had 30 seconds to get whatever they could get across, and that's true, but the fact of the matter is that instead of trying to sell any of these people on the idea of cryptocurrency and why it is good and better for them than anything else in the stock market or in the banking system or whatever... They instead chose to go the scammiest route possible and try to build up fear of missing out feelings in people so they would jump in, sign up, and then they could hook them in there and extract as much money from these people as possible. Okay, so there's a few other things I want to mention here. Crypto ads might have been plentiful, and there's one we didn't even get to, but it wasn't really a crypto ad. Basically, there was a beer commercial that featured a little NFT Easter egg in it, but whatever. But there are more important things I wanted to get to. Amid all these crypto ads, while the media and everyone else was branding this Super Bowl as Crypto Bowl, there were actually industries that aired more ads than the crypto companies. 
For example, there were seven different advertisements for electric vehicles. I mean, that's a good step forward. Yet we're still focused on this Ponzi. And of course, people might have noticed the rash of sportsbook betting apps now that more and more states are making it legal. But we should mention here that that industry is highly, highly regulated. I mean, sports betting has been around forever, but only now are these apps able to launch and roll out in so many of these U.S. states. And on top of that, they're quite clear in what they are. They're for gambling. Your mom and dad who just saw the DraftKings commercial isn't going to put a chunk of their savings on the Bengals. But crypto isn't sold that way. People are putting in a good chunk of their savings into cryptocurrencies as an investment. If and when that bubble bursts, it's going to be bad. And speaking of bubbles, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, so many people were comparing all these crypto ads to the Super Bowl during the dot-com bubble era in January 2000, where basically all these dot-com companies ended up running Super Bowl ads. I mean, I have a list of them right in front of me. We had Computer.com, E1040.com, Epidemic.com, Estamp.com, LastMinuteTravel.com, LifeMinders.com, OnMoney.com, OurBeginning.com, Pets.com, And those are just some of them. In fact, the most famous example, Pets.com, remember the Pets.com dog sock puppet? Didn't even last a year. It had a Super Bowl ad in January of 2000 and was liquidated that same November. So at the worst, it'll be just like that, right? I mean, maybe some of these platforms will make it. Maybe some of them will close their doors, just like all those web companies during the dot-com bubble. Well, no. If and when that happens this time around in the crypto space, it's going to be a lot worse. Just think about it. When Pets.com went under, who got hurt? Its investors? Its 320 employees? Did it affect you or I, your mom, dad, your neighbor, unless they were a Pets.com employee, in any real way? When Epidemic.com, which was a web advertising company, when they went Under, did a bunch of people you know from work lose some of their savings? I'll tell you what happened when Epidemic went under. 60 people lost their jobs. And and that's the major difference between the crypto bubble and the early 2000s dot-com bubble. We are dealing with a bubble with a huge swath of retail investors. We're not just talking VCs. We're not just talking about the banks. We're talking about individuals like you and I who have put a percentage of their wealth or lack thereof into this market. What happens if and when it bursts? It's not gonna be good. There are gonna be some people along the way who get very, very rich before that all happens. But who do you think that's more likely to be? The people watching the Super Bowl this past Sunday who were logging into their Coinbase account for the first time specifically to get that free $15 because 15 bucks is a significant chunk of change? Or is it going to be the people at the very top of this whole system? The ones that are running those $7 million advertisements during the Super Bowl who are telling you, hop on board before you miss that rocket to the moon. Be brave if you want to be rich or don't miss out on the next big thing. I think we all know which one of those two groups are going to be able to afford many, many trips to Disney World. All right, folks, that's it for this episode of Scam Economy. Uh, I'm probably going to experiment with some more shows like this, short to the point shows uh, on specific things happening in the crypto space. Now, listen, I, I would love to put out more episodes, but to do that, 
I'm going to need your help. Once again, patreon.com slash Matt Binder to support this show. Uh, don't miss out. We're rocketing to the moon. Fortune favors the brave patrons. <laughs> Scameconomy.com for all the links you'd need for where you can find the podcast version of this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify. Don't forget to leave reviews on those platforms. Check out the post-show live stream. Check out my political podcast, Doomed, at doomedcast.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Matt Binder. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Matt Binder. And I'll see you all next time in the scam economy. Scam economy.